It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to C103's Cork Today podcast. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today. With Patricia Messenger on C103. And a very happy Friday morning to you as we welcome you along to the programme. Bernie is taking your calls 0818 103 103 and our texts and WhatsApps are up and running this morning to 0862 103 103 and also of course you can email the programme Cork today at c103.ie and this is our last programme uh, before Christmas so we do a lot of the traditional stuff that we do every year but in particular we try to squeeze in as much Christmas music we'll be playing a lot more music than we normally do on the programme so we'll be squeezing in some really nice Christmas songs and kind of the songs you don't always get to hear and that you only get to hear at this time of the year and we also leave the phone lines and the texts and the and the emails open if you want to play a request if you want to say hi uh, to a loved one feel free to get your dedications in and we'll dedicate some of our really really nice music today to uh, your loved ones we'd love to hear from you if you're overseas as well we certainly would love uh, to hear from you particularly if you've got family still here because it can be difficult to be away from family at this time of year and of course for the majority of us Today will be the last day at work. It's the last day of school for the majority of the children. A lot of the kids are in for just a half day today. So it's kind of the official start of Christmas for a lot of people. But let's not forget there will be people who will be working all over at the Christmas. And, you know, society has to unfortunately keep going. So, you know, there are hospital staff. Uh, there will be people in hospitality who will be working. And then we've got all of our emergency services. All, uh, all uh, will be working right through throughout Christmas and into the uh, new year. Uh, but also there's another group who work really, really hard over Christmas and that's the uh, tens of thousands of volunteers. There will be various charities who will be open across Christmas and they will be very much relying on their volunteers to give up their time over uh, Christmas. They, they're around one million people, would you believe, volunteer in this country every year. Isn't that a staggering figure? One million people. And a large percentage of them will work on Christmas Day, St. Stephen's Day, and indeed that 
that period between Christmas and uh, New Year. And Amy Woods is with the group Volunteer Ireland. She says Christmas can be a very hard time of year for so many people. But she said it's incredible to see so many volunteers who take time out from their own Christmas to support uh, others. She says, you know, this could involve providing a listening ear on the support uh, helplines. It could be bringing a Christmas dinner to those who can't make one themselves or otherwise wouldn't be having a Christmas dinner. It can be supporting the emergency services or it can simply be helping out at things like the fun run and the Christmas swims that are on. And people just willingly give up of uh, their time. And obviously one group who unfortunately will be busy over Christmas and that's the uh, Samaritans because they take calls 365 days, uh, 24 hours a day and they take calls from people who feel isolated, people who are feeling uh, lonely and just they take calls from people who just want to wish that Christmas is uh, over. So please don't forget if you do need uh, support that Samaritans will be available right over Christmas 116-123. But as Amy from Volunteer Ireland uh, mentioned there's a lot of Christmas Day swims and runs and various other sporting events that are happening over Christmas and they'll only operate because of volunteers. Can we give a shout out to the Goal Miles? These have been going on now for quite some time uh, over Christmas and they're hugely successful. They take place uh, not just in Ireland. This is something that has been uh, expanding. There are Goal Miles that take place in other countries as well and we know the great work that our Irish goalies do overseas. So if you are taking, would like to take part in a Christmas Day mile, you can walk it or run it. I like the idea of the mile because you can get the whole family. You can even bring granny out. You can put the baby in the buggy and everyone can get involved. In the Cork area, there's three goal miles on Christmas Day. The Donnerell Park, they always have one. Uh, Their goal mile is from 10 in the morning until 12. You can pop along at any time between 10 and 12. The Munster Technology University Athletics Track in Bishopstown, that's their kind of their big one in the city. That's from half 10 until 12. But there's also one at St. Catherine's GAA Club in Ballynoe from half past 10 until 12. And then post Christmas, there's some goal miles in the area. Glanthorn, starting at Glanthorn Church in Stephen's Day at 11am for your goal mile. Glanmire at the Community Centre on the 27th at 10.15. In Cloyne they're having a goal mile on the 28th. That'll be at 11am. And then Canavy GAA Club Carrigadrohad on December the 30th they're having a goal mile and that's at half past at 10. And then the very brave people who battle the elements and we spoke about sea swimming only this week on the programme with the group from Yall who brought out that beautiful, beautiful book as to why they decide to go sea swimming. But there's a number of people who will brave the elements on Christmas Day for Christmas Day swims. So these are the ones we've been contacted about. If you are involved or know of another swim in your area that isn't on our list, please let us know because we'll willingly give a shout out uh, for the organisers in Skull. 12 noon from Skull Pier. Now, online uh, registration is open at copefoundation.ie forward slash Skull Swim. There will be limited registration on the day itself from half past 11 and the Skull 
Christmas Day swim, all the proceeds are going to the Cope Foundation. In the, the, the swim for Dunmanway Ward in CUH, that's going to be at Inchidani Beach, 11am start. They're asking people if you could gather at about half past 10, uh, please, uh, because they are anticipating a very large crowd because it was huge numbers turned up uh, last year and they're expecting equally to big numbers this year. So half past 10 for an 11 swim at Inchidani Beach with the proceeds going to the Dunmanway Ward in uh, CUH. And then further west down in Tregumna in Skibbereen, they've got a 12 noon swim. Now there'll be a bucket collection on Christmas Day and it's in aid of special classes at St Joseph's and St Patrick's National Schools in Skibbereen and all swimmers and supporters are welcome. And if you want to throw on a little bit of a fancy dress, well that is optional but you can do that as well. And then after Christmas, staying on a sporting theme in Ascara GAA and the Camogie Clubs, they've got their annual Seamus Noonan Memorial Puck Father on St Stephen's Day. It starts at Blair Inn at 12 noon. Families are invited to take part starting at 11. The entry fee is a tenner for adults and €5 for juveniles with all proceeds going to uh, charity. And there's a hurling tournament at Mallow GAA. It's the Donal Murphy Memorial Hurling uh, Tournament. That's also on St Stephen's Day in Mallow. That's in Carragoon at 11am and all the proceeds raised are going to St Finbar's Ward in the Mercy Hospital because the Mercy Hospital they looked after the former GAA president uh, who is sadly missed by everybody in Mallow GAA Liam Sheen. So they want to kind of do a thank you to St Finbar's Ward. Okay, so there's some of the wonderful events that are taking place Christmas Day, Stevens's Day and that week in between Christmas and uh, New Year and all of those are done because volunteers turn out to help out. So to all of the volunteers who will be doing their bit this Christmas, can we just thank each and every one of you for your volunteering right throughout the year but particularly with the fact that you're giving up time over Christmas and if you're already starting to think maybe about something to do in the new year, maybe volunteering, maybe you'd like to join that over a million people who volunteers throughout Ireland this year and you can find out about volunteering by going on to volunteer.ie and they'll give you examples of how you can volunteer in your own area. 0818 103 103. Our lines are open. A lovely text in from Councillor Declan Hurley in West Cork to say, Patricia, as we come draw close to Christmas, may I take the opportunity to wish you, John Paul, Bernie and all the staff at C103, a very happy, peaceful and a holy Christmas. Declan says it's been a pleasure to take part and contribute to the Cork Today show throughout 2023 and indeed thank you Declan for your contributions. Thank you for your continued and wonderful contribution to the Cork Airwaves. To all the frontline workers, community volunteers and activists, well done on your efforts over the year and enjoy a well-earned break. Until we emerge and embrace 2024, may I wish your listeners a wonderful, safe and enjoyable Christmas. And that comes in from Councillor Declan Hurley and many, many happy returns uh, to you Declan. I hope you have a lovely Christmas. Now we couldn't have our last programme of the year without heading to Inna Shannon for our annual catch-up with a woman who just adores Christmas. I speak of course of the wonderful Alice Taylor uh, who joins me. Good morning to Alice. Good morning Patricia. And it's great to have you on. And when I mentioned actually uh, over the last few days that you were going to be joining us today, I kept getting people contacting us saying, what time is Alice going to be on? <laughs> so I was saying about 25 past and actually I'm 15 seconds away from 25 past. So there is good timing on my behalf because I had one woman who said, I'm arranging my shopping trip. I'm got, I have to do the big Christmas shop, but I don't want to miss Alice on the radio. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I said, we'll have you well gone by 11 to do your Christmas shop. So it's, it's great to have you on the programme. As we get older, Alice, it, do the years just fly by and Christmas seems to creep up faster and faster? It seems like only the other day I was chatting to you on Christmas Eve. Yeah, that's right. God, but I think this year, Patricia, we've been so distracted by everything that's going on around the world that we Christmas was there before we realised it. And you know something, Patricia, we need Christmas this year more than any other year. You know, the, the sacredness and the, the spirituality of it because, you know, the world is so troubled. I, need, I think we so need the peace of Christmas. Mm. You know, does uh, does all of that on the news and watching? Oh, does it really affect you? Oh, I, you know, I, I I'm not, a, you know, on a WhatsApp or anything like that, and I, I limit my viewing of the news. Now I watch the news because I'm always saying, well, the world might come to a standstill, and I might be still going on. So, <laughs> so anyway, I watch the news, six o'clock news in the evening, and and then you know, Patricia, you wouldn't be in the better of it. Yeah, it's it's, it's been hard. It's been really hard this year. It's oh been, my it, God. It, it is, it has been really hard. And then, you know, yesterday we had the shortest day of the year, which meant it was the longest night of the year. Yeah. That's why Christmas, it's a kind of, it's that bright spot, isn't it, in it the middle is. of winter? I think New Grange and the light, and I always feel we're hugely affected by light. And I'm so glad today is a brighter day. You know, these grey days when the sky is down on top of your head. Now, not today, today is a brighter day. And and does make a huge difference. Before I was talking to you and I went to, I walked out around the garden and the garden at the moment like is bad and it's 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 you know, all the leaves gone and everything. But at the same time there's a kind of a clarity in there that they're preparing. You know, they're all gone on the ground and they're the bulbs are just starting to come up and there is a turn you know, the light this morning was lovely. Yeah. And I think, God, we are lifting a bit, you know. And um, Christmas is, is uh, you know, the, I have a friend and he says, Christmas is all about tradition. Yeah. And, he, and he, you know, he's right because, you know, Patricia, when you're putting up decorations and you're taking stuff out of boxes that you have, well, I do anyway. God, I have some things. I have some things for nearly 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> and there's something lovely because it brings, it can bring back magical memories. It can. I mean, I have the, I actually have a little paper crib that we had in Listangan when I was a child. I remember my sister and I went in to, I don't know, was it um, Mary Eddy's or Tim Ryan's in the market? And we bought it for one and six. Now, one and six was a lot of money at that time. <laughs> But we wanted to have a crib because the only other crib, of course, was the crib in the church. Yeah. And um, I can always remember queuing up after Mass. We walked in from from home to early morning Mass. And that was three miles. And we were really small, but everybody walked that time. But we walked in. But I can always remember the Christmas candles. We Our house is the side of it. We look out over the Kerry Mountains. And to look at the Christmas candles, you know, along the valley and... Um, I remember we'd be walking and we'd be hoping we'd hear a horse, a horse and hooves coming because that meant there was a horse and trap coming after us. They would give us a lift, but sometimes that didn't happen. So we walked the whole three miles. But along the along the way, we'd stop at the gaps and look across the fields at other at other houses, and then we arrived in town. And um, it wasn't the mess we were fussed about. It was the crib after the mess, and there was a big long queue for to look at. You know, the, the crib was at the back of the church, and I can always remember the beautiful figures. And um, 
we'd have a brown penny, a big brown penny. Do you remember those? You don't remember, uh, uh, Patricia, the, the brown penny with the big hen in it. This, yeah, before de- decimalisation. Before, yeah. yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. we've changed currency so often now. Yeah. We hardly know what we have. Yeah. But the brown hen was there for a long time. So you put in your your big penny into the crib, and um, yeah, there was there was music. Did you did, did, the do you have the tradition of taking a piece of straw from the crib? I do. Yeah, we have a crib, an outdoor crib here in the Shannon. Outside the church, um, two locals made it, and we bought the figures ourselves, and they're life size. And we put it up. We aimed to have it up before the eighth of December, and you know it's lovely because the school is right beside the church here. And when the crib is up, it's lovely to be in the church in the yard when the the smallies, as I call them, you know, the the, the tiny tots come, and they come up. They're like a flock of geese, and they all run up the the churchyard to surround the crib. And I think, isn't it lovely? It's very important, isn't it, to keep the crib at the centre of Christmas? Mm. Because otherwise, it's all about telly-ho, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. There's, there, there is something. And, and, I, they, and I love that, taking the straw, and I, I put it into my, my, my wallet. <laughs> uh, and I have, it's, it's, I've been doing it for absolute years. And actually, one of the f- funniest ones was we went to Australia one year uh, yeah. for Christmas. And I remember we, were, uh, we went to the church, and yeah. I realised that the crib was up on the altar rails. And I said, oh, God, how am I going to get in there to get a piece of straw? And it doesn't seem to be in Australia in tradition because the Aussies oh, had yeah. never so we were after mass anyway and we were chatting with the priest and I said how am I going to do this so I had Marsha obviously with me who was deaf blind so I said would you mind if I brought Marsha up to the crib so she could feel the figures because I said she can't she obviously can't see it yeah. so he said no oh, way off with you so up I went using my <laughs> poor child as an excuse even though I always do like to get if I can get to her crib that she can feel it so I ended up Marsha got to feel all the figures and I got me a piece of straw from Australia uh, and I just I couldn't I thought he might think I'm off my head if I tell him it's an Irish so I don't know if it's just an Irish tradition but, uh, yes, yes. but the Australians had, had never uh, ever heard about it Christmas also I think Alice isn't it a great time to bring the local community together oh it is and you know everybody has a pip in their step and people stop and talk you know once the flurry is over people do come together and they meet and yeah there's great sociability even yesterday now um you know, we have what I call callers, to someone calling in. But a woman came in to me, and this woman has, has had a lot of bereavements in her life, terrible bereavements. And we sat down and we chatted. And I thought, isn't that really what Christmas is about? And when she went out the door, I thought, Patricia, that woman should be lying down the floor with bereavement. But she actually baked scones and brought them to me. Wow. wow. I thought, well... Aren't you a stalwart? You what know, a woman, yeah. A yeah. great, great woman. And um, because coming up to Christmas isn't easy for people that are walking the grief road. And um, But the funny thing, I always say to them, because Gabriel, my husband, died on the 27th of November. So I thought, that year I thought, oh God, Christmas is going to kill us. But it didn't. The funny thing, it's the lead up to it. I, and it's the thinking about it's it. It's the thinking about it. Yeah. Once it's there... I'm convinced that heaven comes a little nearer to earth at Christmas. And I think there's a divine radiance that carries people through the actual Christmas. And once you can get over the lead up, 
your gren for Christmas. Yeah. And I think if you can get out, I know it's something, get out into nature, that, still, yeah. that stillness. I love, I'm usually first up on, on Christmas morning yes. and I love to just go out into the garden and just yeah. sit in that stillness. That's it. And it's, it's so calming. And here sometimes I'd make an effort to walk over to the bridge and look at the river. Yeah. You know, or the wood. There's great healing in nature. You know, especially if you've been there turmoil or you're, you know, very upset about something. Nature is a calming, you know, and, and the birds. I was out this morning and I looked, oh, God, I thought, you know, they're eating all around them this weather. <laughs> and the, the nuts, you know, the, the birds, I know, they're, they're, I think they look on the nuts as sort of ordinary fare. But the sunflower seeds, God, you couldn't keep the, the, the feeders full. It's their treat almost. Yeah, the, I, I, are you a fan of Chris, of carol services? Well, yeah, I we we um, here at mass. I go, we we mass at you know late Christmas Eve, and I love the choir at that stage. And there's we've one beautiful singer, and she sings a holy night. Oh. And I got to know something, Patricia. Would put tingles up the back of your neck. You know, it, it's almost as if it's. It kind of links the two worlds, doesn't that? That yeah. beautiful, that beautiful hymn. There's something about music, isn't there? Well, I, I just think it can bring you back. I think I can, I can hear a song like that and almost uh, be back to when I was a child at, at at Christmas, and particularly Christmas hymns. Yes, and I love "Away in a Manger" because yeah, it was yeah. the first hymn we ever learned. Yeah. <laughs> And, and I think because we'd mangers in the stables with, and we'd, with, for the horses, I mean, we owned horses that time. And I could kind of visualise away in a manger. The baby Jesus wasn't away in a manger. He was inside in our, our, our mangers, like. And you, you, you could uh, look down over the, the fields and Christmas was in the farmyard. That's why I think the, the, the nature is so healing at Christmas because Christmas is really belonging to the, the nature, the land. And, you know, I know we all love the telly and the, super, the shopping and everything, but there's a time to set that aside. Mm. And as well as that, Patricia, do you know what I do? Some Christmases, I buy myself a present. Okay. <laughs> and one, one Christmas, and I, I, I love it still, when children were all small and, you know, I was saying, do you know when you get bogged down? I was shopping at you that day. That he, you know, when they're all small, you get one day to do your shopping and that's it. And um, so I headed off into Cork and um, I was inside the bookshop and I bought the complete works of Yeats. Oh. And Patricia Yeats, over the years, <laughs> kept me sane. And, and yeah, this, and it's a book you can keep returning to. You can to. return it. Uh, yeah. But this year, do you know what I bought? Go on. A hair. Now, he's not alive, Patricia. I listened <laughs> to Ed. Go on. But I was going through McCroom. There's a beautiful craft shop in McCroom. Yeah. Every time I go in the door of that craft shop, I say, dear God, give me the resistance not to see anything here I want. But God doesn't listen anyway. And I went in. I have a thing about hairs. Yeah, I remember you trying to paint one. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Well, I succeeded. You me, did, you know. You did, absolutely you did. Yeah. <laughs> and I went hanging in the kitchen here. But... <clears throat> On the top shelf inside this craft shop was this beautiful hair. And as soon as I went in, I spotted him. And I think, Patricia, he spotted me too. And um, I walked around and I thought, Alice, you don't really <laughs> need to have it, bring him home with you. And Patricia, I came home, I came out of that shop without him. Okay. But 
I came home, but he came home in my head. He played on your mind. He did. Did you have to go back? I did. <laughs> <laughs> and where where is the hair he, now? No, he's sitting here now on a table looking at me. Is he? And he's, he, he's against the window and his ears are upright. And everywhere I go, he follows me around the room. So that is my Christmas present. But that, that, and that's a lovely thing to do. It's a lovely thing to, because I'm always saying to people, be kind to yourself. Be we all need yourself, to be kind to ourselves. Yeah. So, so buy yourself a Christmas present. So buy a little thing. It has, yeah. doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't yeah. have to be. And actually, during the week, I was thinking about you because we had Michael Fortune on from folklore.ie and he does these wonderful calendars. He goes around the country photographing, you know, the old dressers. Yes. And, oh, and he's a fantastic historian and he collects loads of, the folklore but I'd asked him when he was coming on the programme to talk to, for his to, to reflect on times past at Christmas yeah. and he was talking about the decorating of the house yeah. and how different we decorate our houses now and he was talking about it used to just be holly and ivy That's and, right, and oh, I, yeah. th- I thought about you I mean you and your sisters you went to great effort to decorate oh, the house Oh we did we went to the wood the Sunday before Christmas and um, then the, we're living, our, our fort behind the house was planted. So we brought in holly and ivy. Well, they were the only decorations we had. And my father would cut the branch of a tree. He would, I mean, he was, he wouldn't cut a tree by any, but he cut a branch. And that went up on the table in the kitchen. We had two tables of the big kitchen. And, um, that went up on the table. And, um, God bless my mother. She had the patience of Job. She was, I can still see her stuff in the goose on the table at the bottom of the kitchen, and the floor was covered with holly and ivy. My father, of course, was nowhere to be seen. The whole thing would drive him demented, and he was gone out. And we decorated, we we shoved, you know, ivy up under the, you know, the old kitchens had these corner boards around the edge. Yeah, yeah. Shoved it up, and of course, showers of dust came down then because it was an old house. And uh, the only thing my mother wanted, insisted on that we keep red berry holly for the candle. Yeah. That to hoard the candle was the centerpiece of Christmas Eve. And I've you know, even this morning, Patricia, I kind of mentally thanked her for the gift of Christmas. Now, this was after the war in rural Ireland, and there was no luxuries. But she made, I always think she made Christmas out of nothing. You know, she... She introduced the sacredness of it and the candle and the gatherings all around and the ritual of lighting the candle and the holy water and the absolute respect she had for the sacredness of the tradition of the candle. You know, yeah, and she and brought it, that dimension. And it's 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 interesting that you say, you know, she they, they didn't have a, a lot, and you know, we're living through a cost of living crisis where, where we yeah. know families are struggling. Yeah. We actually can learn a lot from that generation how they made things stretch oh, yeah. and last. Yeah, they they really they, they really did like, and it you know you don't need all the other tributes where we didn't have them, but she captured. Because um, there was so little of the of the, of the I suppose the, the, the what we all have today. There was none of that there, so it was all about um, looking out over the the, the Kerry Mountains. And uh, I mean, we used to stand at the doorstep and look over the Kerry Mountains. And as children, we convinced ourselves that we could see Santa. And of course, he saw him. And of course. 
course he, he was, died. He was there. He, he, he was there. Yeah, of course and, he was there. And actually, that one on the on the Christmas candle, when I was talking with Michael Fortune of Folklore.ie, it came up about the Christmas uh, candle and the amount of people who said, you shouldn't light the Christmas candle until Christmas Eve. Oh, I don't either. Yeah. I don't either. And I'm, I, my crowd gather around for the light of the candle. We sing Silent Night. No, we're no, we're no quarter. I can assure you. But anyway, there's us. But this year now, and it's a new introduction. Ellie, my 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 granddaughter, she's playing the the, the you know, the little. Um, it's not the melodia. What do they call it? The little small. Um, like a squeeze box. Um, it's uh, an, not an accordion. Yeah, yeah. Or the, the little miniature one. Yeah, yeah. And she can, and Tim, then who's seven, can play the tin whistle. And can they play Sign a Night? They, they can. Oh, great. Because so, they had it for the... For the, the so the, you, you, you're, you're forming a little band <laughs> now. It's, just, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not just the Taylor family choir singers. You've, yeah, got, you've, you've got the whole band. Yeah. And then the other one that came up during the week, and I'd never heard about this before, was the posting of a turkey to England. Oh, Mother of God, I'll never forget it. I was I was I was aghast, and we ended up getting uh, emails and calls in from people to say I was one of those people. I lived in London. Uh, he, a gentleman was born in London of Irish parents, and the grandparents used to send over the turkey. And he said this blood-soaked package would arrive. That's right. And he said the Royal yeah. Mailman. They were just used to it. They just handed it in. They didn't even question it. Yes. Oh yeah, I remember. I worked in the post office in Killarney. Um, you know, it was my first job. And I can remember one evening before Christmas uh, going to the sortie office, which we walked through, we were up to the telephone exchange, and there was a turkey in the middle after could be out of his packaging. <laughs> and I thought, jeepers, will that turkey ever make it um, to wherever he was supposed to be going? He was going to England, of course. But I said the lads wrapped him up again and... Sent him off. Sent him off. And I remember my mother's birthday turkey to, to England. It was quite common. <laughs> like, 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 you wouldn't even do it today, but like, at least you'd have shrink wrapping or something. But just to parcel up a turkey oh, that was all. and stick some and, stamps on it and yeah. send it off. And put it, yeah, there was no, there was no, this puffy, puffy stuff that they put around everything now. Not at all. He was wrapped, of course, there was grand brown paper available at the time. Yeah, but still, you're putting a turkey at the post. Yeah, putting a turkey at the Listen, well, listen I, I could stay talking to you all day. Michael says, what a wonderful lady Alice uh, is. The great loving spirit that abides within her gets better and better with every year. Christmas wouldn't be Christmas <laughs> without Alice. And it is a pleasure to know her. A happy and a peaceful Christmas. That is Michael in Castleton Bear and lots of people saying it's now officially Christmas. Alice has just been on the radio. <laughs> listen, Alice, have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas. We'll speak to you in the new year. We'll speak again next Christmas, but we'll yeah. speak you before that yes. but have a great one and the same to you Patricia and all the listeners God bless yes. take care bye, the, bye bye the wonderful Alice Taylor joining us from Inishan now airports are extremely uh, busy and today actually is expected to be the busiest day of travel in the run up to Christmas they reckon just under too many people are expected to travel to all of the various airports around uh, Ireland between the 18th of December and the 6th of uh, January we sent Stephen Fox our news reporter to Cork Airport to catch up with some of the arrivals yesterday. Martin, Martin, and you're on? Cat. Where are you coming from today? From the UK, in Essex. Where are you going to? Down to West Cork, back down home, Barry Row. Any plans for Christmas? Spend time with the family and just catch up with friends, so I'm looking forward to it now. How long have you been gone for? Living in the UK, just with my wife, so we 
we've been there for he's been here for 14 years 14 years now <laughs> yeah, so right, back as regularly as possible yeah it's always good to come back home so looking forward to that yeah yeah when are you heading back? I would be heading back to Stevenson's Day. So I'm flying back through Cork again. Nice break. Michael? Michael. Where are you coming from? London. Do you live over there? Yeah, I live over there, yeah. Last three years. So you're back for Christmas. Any plans? Back for Christmas? No. Family Christmas. One side of the cousin coming over on the 26th, the other side the 28th. Oh yeah, and a lad's trip down in Kinsale today. So that'd be a bit of crack. A bit of a bus trip. Where's home? Modern Farm Road. So not too far away from the airport, luckily. When are you heading back? I think like the 4th. I'm going to go down to Kerry for New Year's. So, really looking forward to it. Delighted to be back. Cheers. See you now. Keen from London. Yeah, I was living over there. Moved over there about five months ago. Mm. I'm in car sales over there. Just come back for Christmas for a few days. Any plans for Christmas? No, I just need to go for family and friends, man. There's not much there now. We're just taking a break from work. And yourself? Dad? Dad? Richard. Yeah. 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 Just come pick him up. I haven't seen him for a while, so it's good to see him back. When are you heading back? 27th and then back to work on 28th. Taking Same. every day as I can, man, honestly. Same as myself. <laughs> looking forward to it? Yeah, I know I am, yeah. actually. Yeah, I know. No, yeah. I haven't seen it in a while, so mm. catch up. A few drinks, that's what I'm going for anyway. My name's Aoife. Where are you coming from? I'm from London. I've lived there for the last eight years. I come home every Christmas, so it's really exciting to come home and see everyone. I work in medical sales, so yeah. I'm super busy. I travel a lot, so it'll be so nice to just like chill at home and just take it easy, yeah. Mm. Just gonna chill out and just spend time with my family and see some friends. Just take it really easy. Where's home? From away. When are you heading back? In the New Year. So I'm gonna spend New Year's with my family and then go back for New Year's and then head back to work. Thank you. Lauren. Lauren. And then. And then. Where yeah. are you coming from? I'm coming just coming from London. Living over yeah. there, yeah, yeah. But I'm moving to Australia now in March. So. Okay. Whereabouts? Yeah. Melbourne. Yeah. Any yeah. Christmas plans? Yeah, just stay home. With the mother. Yes. Yeah, Cooking and everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's home? Cork in Coachford. So I'm just excited to hang out at home. See my cat and my mum and dad yeah. and my brothers and that's yeah. it. <laughs> Any plans yourself? No, nothing no. at all. No, no. So I'm going back to London after a week here for New Year's and then I'm coming back and staying in Ireland for a bit and then I head off to go travelling and go to Australia in the, on the 16th of January. So it'll be short but nice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm Kitty. I'm Lily. I'm just back from London. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How long are you living over there for? Only three months. <laughs> what are you doing for work? Yeah, I work in a school over there. Any plans for Christmas? Just spending time with my family. Yeah. Yeah. Good to have her back? Yeah, it's great yeah. to have her back, yeah. It's been a long three months. <laughs> Where's home? Clamacilty. When are you flying back? I don't know. I don't have a flight booked yet. Okay, great. <laughs> great to yeah. be back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd say she's pretty tired. <laughs> she was on the, on the red eye, so I think yeah. the taxi came at three o'clock, so home yeah. for a nap and then... Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Aiden, where are you coming from? Palma. Palma, New York, yeah. What are you doing over there? I live there with my girlfriend. Yeah, she's working in a school and I'm working in a residential treatment centre. So. Where's home? Lickstar, County Kerry. <laughs> what are your plans for Christmas then? I spend it with family. Yeah, yeah, yeah I haven't seen them known 14 or 15 months, so... It's going to be nice to spend some time with them over, over Christmas, yeah. Drink beer and have lots of food. <laughs> when are you planning on heading back? The 29th, back to Panama, yeah. And hopefully back to work then on the 1st of January, hopefully. So. Feels great, yeah, feels great. Let me stay home, yeah, yeah. Even the guy in the passport check-in, he was like, oh, Merry Christmas to everybody, so definitely know you're home. Definitely know you're home, so yeah, it's good to be back, good to be back. I'm Zoe. Zoe. Sophie. And where are you coming from? From Mallorca, Spain. What are you doing over there? We live there. <laughs> we study there. Where's home? Well, our mum and brother live here. That's why we come here for Christmas in Dublin. It's the only direct flight <laughs> during the winter. Yeah. We can't get to Dublin. Okay. We, we come here. And what do you plan to get up for Christmas? Study. <laughs> Sadly, I have exams in January. So just spend time with family and study. Fine, fine. <laughs> what are you studying? Medicine. Medicine. Graphic design. 
And when are you plan to head back? On the 28th. Back through Cork, is it? No, we go from We're Dublin, Barcelona. but we have a, a stop in, in Barcelona. Yeah. Geraldine from London. This yeah. is Ayla and this is Owen and my dad, Domi. Yeah. Are you excited to be back for Christmas? Yeah. Really? I am very glad. <laughs> I wish we could stay all day and all night and keep on going until I die. And where is home? It's in London. We live in Kilburn and Brent. Um, Where's home for yourself then? Cork, near Middleton, near Bellycotton. Yeah. My dad's home is in South Africa and all home is in England. Many big plans for Christmas? Spending time with family, basically. Going to screen screens, eating sweets. Mm. Going to meet, visit Centre tomorrow. Doing the Doing Christmas Eve um, park run. Mm. Owen and Grandad are going to do that in near Barry's Court Castle. Good to have them home, Grandad. Yeah. So, yes, yes, yes. My name is Johnny O'Connell. Church on South. The whole family will be together on Christmas Day. And any big Santa wishes? Anything you expect to get? Me. Pajamas. <laughs> Football. What's your team? QPR. Man United. We've murdered. So it's good to be back then. Yeah, no, it's definitely good to be back. And Dad, he's working, but he's coming over on Sunday. Sunday. So he's going to be here for a few days and then back to London to work. And he is a very good dad. <laughs> Fantastic. Good to hear. <laughs> thanks very much, guys. I love what you want for Christmas pyjamas. You have to have the Christmas pyjamas. And thanks to Stephen Fox uh, for heading out to Cork Airport uh, for us with that uh, report. And welcome home to everyone. There's nothing more special than being at the airport uh, welcoming home uh, family and loved ones. 0818-103-103. You're listening to C103's Cork Today podcast. Phone and text lines are currently closed. I've just got word that my own family who've been travelling over from England, but there was cancelled ferries yesterday. There was delayed ferries yesterday. They ended up having to get the overnight ferry. 27 hours later, they've just arrived at home. So we think of everybody travelling as well over this Christmas period. Now, Kathleen was on to us to see if anybody can offer advice here. Kathleen's from McCroom and she was back in Killarney yesterday. Now, she said, bear in mind, think of the weather yesterday. It was atrocious weather distance yesterday with the high winds and it was just it was a miserable, miserable, dark, dank uh, day. She said there was a homeless man on the side of the street and she said what struck her first was the amount of people who were just walking past him. It was as if this homeless gentleman didn't even exist. Nobody wanted to eyeball him, nobody wanted to communicate with him, nothing. So she um, ended up going away getting a takeaway tea and a sandwich for him and, and went over and gave uh, that uh, to him and then she came home and of course she can't get this homeless man out of her mind so she tr- she tried to get on to societies of Vincent de Paul in Tralee to see if they're aware of this homeless man and if there's anything that can be done f- uh, for him but she said she's been trying and trying and they're on answering machine. There's nobody answering the phone so she's wondering what else can she do? Has anybody any suggestions what she could do about a homeless man in Killarney? I do remember early on in the year Killarney, uh, Kerry County Council were having a problem with Killarney. I, I remember one of the councillors saying that Killarney is a no-go area for homeless and they were talking about um, uh, people who had to move out of rented accommodation trying to find uh, emergency accommodation for families was proving to be very, very tricky in uh, Killarney. But I don't know for somebody who's on the side of the street home 
homeless, what what can be done. I wonder, could you put a call through to somebody like one of the, you know, the Healy Rays, you know, Danny Healy Ray or Michael Healy Ray, and they've got sons, don't they, who are on Kerry County Council as well, or somebody in the council. Now, just to make sure that they're aware of this person, I, I just did a Google search to see, are there any homeless services in Killarney, you know, like we have here in Cork? To, are there soup runs? Are the Simon community active in the area? Are people aware of uh, this man? If anybody else can offer advice for Kathleen from McCroom because she's she's not going to sleep easy this Christmas knowing that that poor man is on the streets of Killarney and he doesn't seem to be accessing any kind of help. 0818 103 103. I mentioned the people that will be working over Christmas this year and particularly the volunteers. Eileen out on Bear Island says, Patricia, please remember the people working on the ferry services over Christmas out on Bear Island, the Bear Island Ferries and Murphy's Ferry, they will be available right across the Christmas for emergencies and they're available at all times. And she said it really does give great peace of mind to the people living on Bear Island and those that will be visiting Bear Island for uh, Christmas. Yeah, well done. That's a great service and hopefully they won't get the call out. But if they do, they're ready to go and ready to get people back onto the mainland. And indeed, happy Christmas to you Eileen and thank you for all your contributions and all your messages that you've sent uh, throughout the year. I mentioned Christmas Day swims and I did say if anybody else knows of a Christmas Day swim or a goal run or any kind of a charity that's going on Christmas Day, Stevens's Day, let us know so we can give a shout out. John in Newmarket is wondering the Christmas Day swim in the Island Wood in Newmarket, is that going ahead this year? And actually when I was looking down through the swims I, I thought of the one in Island Wood because I remember every year I I'd be giving the shout out for the Island Wood Christmas Day Swim. I don't know. I don't know if it's stopped, if, they, if they're no longer organising it. Can anybody tell me, is the Christmas Day Swim in the Island Wood in Newmarket, is that going ahead or not? And thank you to a lot of people commenting on our chat with Alice Taylor and how much they enjoyed the chat with Alice Taylor and how she's great to help you evoke memories of maybe your own childhood or your parents' childhood or your grandparents' uh, childhood. Anne says, 13 years ago tomorrow, I moved in to my house, says Anne. The first morning I was having breakfast, Alice was on the radio with you, Patricia. I always associate Alice with that every single year. Happy Christmas to you all. And indeed, many happy returns, Anne. That's a lovely, lovely memory to have. And someone else says, oh, Alice, she has just made my day as I'm lonely. My son died over 20 years ago and I just miss him so much. God bless Alice. I've all of her books and she'd be thrilled to hear that she brightened up your day. I hope you have a, a happy and a peaceful uh, Christmas and it's, uh, yeah, to lose, to bury a child, it just goes against nature. My heart uh, goes out to you. And on the sending of the turkeys, which I have to say, I had never realised that Irish people were posting turkeys over the years over to loved ones in England. Heidi says, Patricia, turkeys were regularly sent to the UK to my mother-in-law. She always received one. My husband says as a child, he remembers the package arriving. It would be packed with newspapers and string and they would use sealing wax uh, to seal it, says uh, Heidi. <laughs> yeah, and as I say, we had a listener during the week who says he vividly remembers as a child growing up in London get, getting the parcel would arrive and it would be blood-soaked by, by the time that it got. But it got there safe. You wouldn't be able to do it now. God, even when you, because of Brexit now, when you go to send anything in the post to 
to the UK, give yourselves loads of time when you go into the post office because God help the staff in the post office who have to type up all the different forms that have to be filled in and that's just for sending a small little Christmas present uh, in the post. Hi to Kevin Higgins who's the PRO of Canturkin District Community Council. He wants to wish us all here at C103 a happy and a peaceful Christmas and he wants to pass on the same greeting to all of the listeners uh, at C103 from everyone in Canturk and District Community Council and the messages have a wonderful Christmas. Many happy returns, uh, Kevin. Hi, uh, Patricia. Happy Christmas to you and John Paul and Bernie. Happy uh, Christmas and a peaceful new year. That's from Raymond and Tony Quill in McCroom. Happy Christmas, Raymond and Tony, to you as well. Happy Christmas, Patricia and all the crew at C103. Every morning, myself and my long-suffering wife, Geraldine, listening to your programme. And it helps us get through the day. Keep up the good work. And thanks for all the information and all the chats you have with the people. Always fun and all great crack. And that's from Martin in Formoy, who says, by the way, I'm down to 12 cigarettes a day. Poor old Martin is long suffering smoker who's been doing his best uh, to try to kick the habit. Keep it up, Martin. You'll, you, you will get off them eventually. And Charlie Duggan says, Patricia, just to let you and that listener know, the Island Wood swim stopped years ago. Did it? God, I'll tell you, I've I know. I I just I remember we used to call it out. It was one. It was definitely one of the Christmas Day swims. So Charlie says it's gone with a number of years. Uh, thank you for that. Now the guard are pleading with people: if you are driving over the Christmas period, please, please, please to drive uh, safely, as they reckon two point five million Christmas travellers uh, will be beginning their festive journey over the next 48 hours. Irish roads, we've already mentioned the airports, the ports, the bus and the rail stations will witness their busiest Christmas travel. They're reckoning now since 2019. Uh, Obviously now we're back to COVID and the pandemic being a thing of the past when people are now able to travel home. They reckon one million people will arrive back in Ireland from overseas between now and the beginning of January. Now Gardaí, the Road Safety Authority and road safety charities are all pleading with people uh, undertaking Christmas travel to please slow down and allow extra time for journeys and please never ever drink or use uh, drugs while driving. I know 500 people nationwide have already been done for either drinking while driving or under the influence of drugs while driving so the Gardaí are out and about uh, catching people. A particular emphasis is going to be paid to speed this year in urban areas, strict in enforcements of the new 30 kilometre speed uh, zones. The RSA officials are also urging people to conduct a winter safety check on your vehicle, particularly take a look at the tyres, take a look at the headlights, the indicators, the windscreen uh, wipers. Because remember, our road deaths are 20% higher this year than last year. 181 people have died uh, so far, which is 29 above for the entire period uh, last year. Gardaí say they're mounting their biggest Christmas road safety campaign in recent years. There's random checkpoints been set up, there's speed monitoring and of course random checks for drink and uh, drug use. And the road safety group Park, they're saying priority for every driver this Christmas has got to be to arrive 
safely with their passengers at their destination. And actually speaking of the Road Safety Authority, today is actually National Slow Down Day where everyone has been asked to please, please slow it down. And just because you're on a road that says 100 kilometres, says 50 kilometres, it doesn't mean you have to go to 100 kilometres or 50 kilometres. Slow it down. And if you've got a loved one who always drives fast and God knows we all know somebody we sit into the car and you're kind of dreading it, just, you know, a little word in their ear, his or her ear, slow it down and ask them to slow it down for your sake and for everybody else uh, in the car and also to protect them uh, as well. And this Christmas, don't just think it say it. That's the message coming from the Road Safety Authority. Please, please, please on National Slow Down Day. That's the message. Slow down. C103 Jobs. Nazareth House in Mallow. They are looking for multitask assistance. It's to work in their laundry, catering and dining room. Now, full training will be provided. CVs to hr.mallow at nazarethcare.com. Baker Finn are recruiting for van drivers. It's to cover the Cork and Kerry region. Email d.delaney at bakerfin.com. Tria Oil have a vacancy for a truck driver for rigid and arctic deliveries in the Clonakilty and Bandon area. Uh, email careers at tria.ie. And a construction worker is wanted for industrial pipe insulation. It's in the County Cork areas. CVs, please, to mullenowen1 at gmail.com. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Now, for those struggling with uh, heating bills, there has been a bit of respite so far this winter as the temperatures have been quite mild. So as we head into the last weekend before the big day, Alan O'Reilly of Carlo Weather joins me with a festive uh, forecast. Uh, Good morning to Alan. Good morning, Patricia. How are we doing? I'm, I'm very well, thank you. You're welcome to the programme. Am I right in thinking temperatures, they're above normal, are they, for this time of year? Yes, very mild temperatures, up over 10 degrees. So it would be very unusually mild for this time of the year, not very seasonal at all. Yeah, but good for people who are struggling with the heating bills, as, as, as I say. Now, uh, what can we expect over the weekend? So it's a bit of a mixed bag, staying very breezy. Um, there will be some sunny spells today and there might be a few small little bright parts in the sky tomorrow. Um, not too wet tomorrow, but some rain likely um, towards evening or leaving at night time. And then Sunday, Christmas Eve, we do expect to see some showers. Actually, Cork missing a lot of them, but still a risk of some showers. And then the big day itself, there is a risk of rain moving up from the south now and it could be heavy but the weather models are struggling to see how far in that will make it. So a little bit of uncertainty, but it does look like to be a mild start to Christmas Day um, with some rain, but it will become clearer and it will become cooler overnight, Christmas night, into St. Stephen's Day. And at the moment, St. Stephen's Day, it looks like a lovely morning to walk or run off to Turkey. Okay, but when you're saying cooler, you're, you're not talking about, you know, sub-zero temperatures. Not initially, no, um, but as we go through next week, we could start to see some frost and some cooler temperatures um, maybe later next week. So we could see temperatures during the day, maybe not getting above three or four degrees 
and falling back down below zero at night time. So the heating bills could become an issue <laughs> as we head into the uh, the crisp or the New Year's Eve type scenario. Okay, but but basically mild uh, with with rain is what we're looking at across uh, the weekend. So, but definitely no snow. Am I right in saying twenty ten was our last white Christmas, Alan? Do you remember that one in twenty ten? It was. It was the last kind of real white Christmas. Believe it or not, I had a few snowflakes last Christmas Day last year. Um, in the evening time, I did actually get a few snowflakes. It was cooler last Christmas Day. But yeah, 2010 was the last real line snow Christmas Day. And that was the one that lasted. It was, it was nearly a week, two weeks. It was, it was a long period of heavy snow. It was, yeah. 2010 was, was the one that was... Uh, we had two harsh winters. We had early January 2010 and then again... November and December 2010 so that was a real cold year Okay so we could do with it because it, it kind of comes around every so many years there is the possibility that we could get some snow into the new year Yeah at the moment it does look like there is a small chance of um, maybe a, a white New Year's Eve so that's something to keep an eye on but um, a little bit far out yet to be confident Okay we've already had quite a, a few storms we've had Agnes, Babette, Kiron, Debbie Elaine and and Fergus all since the 1st of of September. Is it normal to have that many storms? No, it's very unusual to have that many storms. Really, we wouldn't see that many storms even in a full season, never mind in the first couple of months. And, I mean, if we look back at last season, we didn't get our first name storm until August. So the fact that we've gone so far down to F already, it's very unusual. And even yesterday, the that storm storm Pia. Yeah, it was named by the Danish Met Service, and um, we only had yellow warnings. But we were kind of squeezed between that low system to the northeast of us, and then the high pressure out in the Atlantic. So that's what we got the squeeze of the isobars and brought us all very strong winds, and staying still windy again today. Yeah, because I know there was disruption with flights and, and, and ferry sailings uh, because of it, but it was extremely windy. So when we, when we look back on 2023, uh, Alan, what will be, be your highlights from a weather point of view? Well, it was a very, very mild year. So we're going to have the warmest year on record. Um, I think probably the most significant thing was the wet summer which then brought us into a wet autumn, which unfortunately resulted in that shock and flooding that we saw after Storm Babette. Um, so I think the rainfall and the and the warm temperatures really... I was lucky that I got to uh, do a bit of camping in uh, in Cork in June when we had that nice spell of weather, even though we had a cool easterly breeze. Um, that, you know, I was I was down there camping, um, I think it was a Sexton's um, yeah, yeah. campsite. And Outside that was probably, Tonicilty. Yeah, that was probably the best spell of weather that we had really um, in the summer um, until very late in the August around the electric picnic. We got another kind of short couple of days, but uh, a very, very wet year and a very mild year. Are you th- you thinking climate change? Oh, climate change is definitely playing a part. There's no yeah. question about that. Um, I mean, individual events... You, you can't say that they're because of, of climate change, but the, the, the warmer atmosphere. I mean, the funny thing about it is the, the good spell of weather in June with the very clear spell, the, the sunshine really got the sea temperatures uh, very high. And, and then really from there on, it stayed, you know, the sea temperature stayed very high. 
Um, but certainly climate change played a part in, in what has been a very mild and very wet year. Yeah, yeah and a, a miserable summer. All we can do is fingers crossed and be hopeful uh, for 2024. Listen, um, Alan, pleasure as always to have you on the programme. You're a mine of uh, information. Will you be working at the weather side of it over Christmas? Or are you going to take a complete break from it? I know, I'll still be posting. I still post every day, even on Christmas Day. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a labour of love. It's not really work, so I don't get paid for it, so I can't call it work. I know, well, you're, you're brilliant. You're brilliant at it, and we always appreciate you taking time out to talk to us. Thank you for that, Alan. Have a great Christmas. Happy Christmas. Uh, God bless. Bye-bye. That is Alan O'Reilly of uh, Carlo Weather, and he'll be back, no doubt, joining us in 2024. Uh, there's no name on this, but a lovely message in from somebody saying so, so lovely to hear the wonderful Alice Taylor and her beautiful Irish memories of Christmas. Thank you for bringing us this delight because Alice truly is a delightful lady. I love her books and I have them all. Thank you for your fabulous shows over the year. My mornings just wouldn't be the same until you're back on the airwaves. Oh, you're so sweet. Your show was like having a daily visit from a friend who has the latest updates, good health and gardening advice, wise uplifting words in every situation. You deserve your holiday and be missed. Are oh, you so sweet? Best wishes to Bernie and to uh, John Paul. Thank you. That's very, very kind words indeed. And a happy and a peaceful Christmas uh, to you. And in the post this morning, I got a copy of the McCroom Senior Citizens Calendar, which is on sale locally priced at 10 uh, euro. And it really is lovely. There's fantastic photographs uh, inside in it. I love these charity calendars. We all need to buy a calendar. But what's particularly nice about this one on sale from McCroom Senior Citizens is the boxes every day are nice and big because I use my calendar at home to write in any appointments or anything that I need to do or anything I've got to take Marcia to or appointments she has to go to and I'll write it all down. It's like a diary on the wall. It's, calendars are great for that. So the boxes in this particular one are nice and uh, big. So if you haven't bought your calendars yet you're in the McCroom area would you keep a look out for that for the McCroom Senior uh, Citizens. Uh, it's a fundraiser for them. Good luck to everyone everybody there. If you've got requests for anybody in particular that you want to send greetings to, uh, feel free to contact us. We're doing a kind of a slightly different programme in that we're trying to squeeze in more Christmas songs and play more music than we normally uh, do. 0818 103 103 Bernie is taking calls and you can text her WhatsApp us to 0862 103 103 and by the way the Premier League Live is on this weekend on C103 with uh, Trevor Welch this Saturday it's on from Midday Power as always by Talk Sport. Now this weekend Trevor will be bringing you live coverage of West Ham versus Manchester United. That's at 12.30. Spurs take on Everton at 3 in the afternoon and then the final match that we will cover is Liverpool taking on Arsenal and that's at half past five. That's the Premier League live online with Harvey Norman. Your home of the big screen. You can listen Saturday on the C103 app or you can go to c103.ie. Now, as always, on Friday, our Hours to Protect uh, feature that we've been running for the last number of months today, we hear from Corkonians who are pushing for a smarter, greener planting. Ours to Protect, brought to you by C103, the IBI, and funded by the Commission Naman with the television licence fee. Check out ourstoprotect.ie for more info. This week on Ours to Protect, we hear from Corconians who are pushing for smarter, greener planting. There has been a surge in interest in independent growers planting and raising their own crops for personal use. However, a question that has arisen is where to source the all-important seeds from. 
Madeleine McKeever, of Brown Envelope Seeds in West Cork, says that the emphasis should be on Irish seeds grown in Ireland. What's different about them is that they're grown in Ireland. Like the only, but seeds that are grown in Ireland are going to be better adapted to growing in Ireland because seed packets don't actually have country of origin on them, generally speaking. So you could be buying seeds from Pakistan or Israel or anywhere. Most seeds are produced in warm, sunny places, places of the Mediterranean climate because they need somewhere that isn't too cold in the winter for the biennials and then they need a warm, sunny season for the seeds to mature in. So that can be a challenge in West Cork depending on the year but with polytunnels and that there's nothing we can't really do. Most of the seeds you buy w- would have been grown in somewhere warmer and sunnier. Traits such as germination at low temperature are inherited. I mean even without us consciously doing any selecting on the seeds, the plants that don't come up in a cold spring aren't going to end up producing seeds so we'll gradually be selecting stuff that will do better in a cold season. Long term too, we're very vulnerable in Ireland because we import nearly all our seeds. You know most of the non-organic commercial growers, all their seeds would be important and you know if there are any seed shortages because for instance places like the Pacific Northwest of America produce something like 99% of the Brussels sprout seed in the world because I thought we'd, be, we'd manage without Brussels sprouts but it'd be a shame if we didn't have Brussels sprouts and it makes sense to produce our own seeds because if there's a shortage of seeds in America or wherever they're not going to send them to us. Vegetables are not the only things growing in popularity. Flowers have always been a popular element in any garden and with them comes the same questions. What do I get? And where do I get them from? Aideen McCarthy of Irva provides seed packets of native Irish wildflowers to prospective growers. She says that planting native flowers is vital for maintaining the local ecosystem. There's a huge initiative now in the, and so there should be in growing native Irish wildflowers to protect what was there previously and to so that it's optimised as well for our local pollinators like the bees and beetles, little flies and butterflies to promote their habitats for them that are optimised for them. The benefits of planting native wildflowers speak for themselves. What's really nice is that they're quite easy to grow. You would sow them either in the springtime or the autumn time. It's better in the springtime if the soil isn't too heavy or clay-like. And then within about eight weeks of sowing, you have a huge array of blooming wildflowers. So it's very, it's quite immediate, the reward that you get from it. So it's, it's very exciting that way. When they are blooming, you'd never see that amount of life, like teeming life when you look at a patch of grass. Like when you're looking through the array of wildflowers and looking at what's living in amongst them, it's just buzzing. Like you can hear the buzz from them. It's a whole world. It's mesmerising. Going forward, Madeline says that while the current independent grower scene is blooming, there are lots of other initiatives that could be looked into. But I'd like to see, I suppose, regional seed banks, at least each province if not, probably need a dedicated seed production system for around Dublin where there are quite big commercial growers. Probably need a bit of public finance because it's not a business that's easy to get into. Most people aren't really aware of where the seeds are coming from. So it's quite difficult to break into the commercial growers market as well because they would be growing a lot of hybrid seeds, which is another whole discussion. But yeah, we're in a very vulnerable position as you know, any vegetable growers here are mostly importing their seeds. I'd like to see maybe people getting together in a cooperative way. So say you're really good at growing leeks and interested in the different varieties and that, then maybe you'd be the one to do the leek seed for Ireland. You know, we're not a big enough country that we could have a really big seed company. So it makes sense to sort of work a bit cooperatively and the other thing, of course, that doesn't happen in Ireland is that there are no vegetable trials. They would for cereals in Ireland, the Department of Agriculture and 
chagas could do trials and they would grow out like eight different oat varieties and they'd rank them. They'd grow them out in three different farms around the place and they'd say the best oat for Munster is such and such. You know, they'd do trials. But there are no vegetable trials done in Ireland. So most growers are just going, well, that looks like a nice one in the catalogue and well, we'll give that a go. Or I was talking to so-and-so and they said that this was a good variety. So it's all done on hearsay and personal experience. There's no science behind choosing the varieties that the vegetable growers are or they'd be relying on trials done in the UK or Germany or somewhere. To learn more about sustainable growing, check the show notes of this episode. Ours to Protect, brought to you by C103, the IBI, and funded by the Commission Naman with a television license fee. Check out ours to protect.ie for more info. And uh, thanks to all the gang in the newsroom who have been responsible for the last number of months putting our Hours to Protect series uh, together and it will be back on Fridays in the new year just trying to do our bit to protect this wonderful uh, planet and a number of uh, people's how much they enjoyed Frank Kelly and his 12 days of uh, Christmas Eddie and Bandon said absolutely loved it and Anne made me smile and said I love that song being played every year why? My sisters are Nula and Gubnet <laughs> So we get a great kick out of hearing that song because Nula and Gubnett are the two starring roles uh, in it. Thank you uh, for that, uh, Anne. And I love this um, WhatsApp in from David to say, we may all give out about our government, but David says he's contacted today because he's very thankful and grateful to the government for the electricity credits that they've once again given us this year. He says the €150 of his current electricity bill has now allowed him to have a more comfortable Christmas because that €150 that he would have been spending on his electricity bill, he can now redirect to buy some nice things and to have a more comfortable Christmas. And he just says, you know, we always give out, but it's nice to put your hand up and say, well done, when something is done well. So, uh, a pat on the back to the government from David. Thank you for that, David. And actually, just on uh, electricity and, you know, we, we, we've more of those credits to get, but the hope is that the cost of electricity will start to come down because even when we spoke about some uh, some electricity companies reducing their prices, we're still looking at the fact that it's 84% higher than what it was before Russia invaded Ukraine and then obviously the situation in Gaza has also added to the cost of electricity because it's added to the cost of oil and the cost of uh, gas. There is a kind of a glimmer of uh, light and I see that the Taoiseach, Leo Varadkar is encouraging all of the energy companies now to start reducing uh, their prices. This is because uh, our own energy minister Eamon Ryan, he is expecting that household bills will start to fall and he's saying that they should start to fall significantly from next year and the reason for it is is a reduction in wholesale gas prices in the UK compared to what they were a few years ago has led Eamon Ryan to expect, expect further cuts to energy costs kicking off next year and his expectation is that they'll fall quite significantly he says he's expecting it to happen in the first quarter the first half of the year now I think all the predictions are they won't go back to what they were before Russia 
went invaded Ukraine but certainly they have to come down from where they are at the moment and when Leo Varadkar was asked about Eamon Ryan's uh, comments he says yes he is expecting to hear further announcements of price cuts uh, next year and he's now encouraging all of the energy companies to start reducing the prices uh, to customers but he did say regardless of what happens those energy credits that have been uh, announced they will still be in place so let's keep our fingers crossed and hope in the new year when I'm back on the programme we will be announcing yet another energy company reducing its prices 0818 103 103 Bernie's taking your calls uh, this morning any greetings you want to pass on feel free to give us a call you can text or WhatsApp to 0862 103 103 we're going to take a break we have news at 12 midday on the way and in the next hour we have given Mark Malone the very difficult task of going to the TV guide and for him to give shout outs to what he thinks are some of the best movies that are going to be shown on TV and on streaming services over Christmas. We'll be doing that and more all in the final hour of the programme. We were talking about posting things uh, to the UK and in particular the tradition of posting a turkey. <laughs> no longer allowed, might I add. Trisha Blackpool says she's had big problems posting items to the UK in the last two years to the point that some of the parcels didn't arrive at all. So she said this year she used DHL and they all arrived very quickly. Yeah, with Brexit it is causing problems. You've got to make sure that all of the documentation on the package is uh, is eyes dot, dotted, T's crossed. The post office are really good though at getting all of the documentation correct but if there's anything wrong it can come back. I've found there's been bigger problems coming the other way with items coming from the UK. I've had items coming from the UK that never actually arrived and we were never able to uh, find it and I know there was an issue with uh, Marsha during the year where she's a tiny little bridge on one of her teeth and it had fallen out and uh, we had to get it replaced and it was sent over to some lab in England and it was taking ages and ages and eventually we discovered it got stuck in the postal service in Dublin because the correct documentation hadn't come with it so I had to go back to the lab over in England to get the documentation uh, done and when it got sent back to the lab in England it never arrived and we ended up having to the dentist ended up having to use in a laboratory here in Ireland instead and we eventually got it sorted. But yeah, there are huge, huge problems uh, with posting for sure. But I have to say this year, particularly with posting items to Australia, I remember a couple of years ago, it was now it was a lot to do with the pandemic and everybody was posting items and so much items were being purchased online. I, I absolutely no problem with Australia this year because I've had parcels that have never arrived, which is really frustrating when you've got little kids who are expecting the parcel uh, to come. So use a courier. That's a good suggestion, uh, Trish. I wonder what the cost uh, difference was. Uh, though, but thank you for your call. Hi, uh, Patricia. We'll announce the following. This is from the wonderful Finn Barshian, who runs very successfully the bingo in Mallow every Friday night. Uh, Finn's message today is give two knocks on the door with Mallow GAA bingo tonight. 44 calls or less, the jackpot €4,000. Now, also tonight, there's a monster Christmas raffle and with the proceeds going to the Cork Kindness Crew. Now, the Cork Kindness Crew work with homeless people in uh, Cork City. And uh, Finber just wants to thank everybody on the programme um, for all their help throughout the year and a happy Christmas and a peaceful new year. And indeed, many, many happy returns, Finber, and keep doing the great work that you're doing in Mallow. Mike and Bantry was on, wishing us happy Christmas, many happy returns, uh, Mike. And Anne in Ballantempa says, hi, Patricia. And John Paul, who's on a bit of a break at the moment, uh, he'll be back though on Sunday. He, she said, lovely to hear the old Christmas stories with Alice. Happy Christmas and hope your family arrived safely. They 
they did, but uh, it took them 27 hours uh, to get here because of cancelled ferries. But they're here now. That's they're they're here, and no doubt at home, all sleeping. We sent them straight to bed. Got help them. Happy and a healthy new year to you too. Uh, um, hi, Patricia. Can I wish you and yours and your team a happy and a holy Christmas? And thank you for all your shows during the year. That's from Eileen. Thank you for that. And Olive and Mitch is down. Wanting to wish everybody all the best with kind words about C103. Thank you for that. Now there's lots of other people, but there wasn't names on it, so it's hard to call it, give out all the shout outs where names weren't included. Jared and Bally Dehab has been on to say that there will be a ball race fundraiser. It's for Bally Dehab Community Tennis Club. It's happening on St Stephen's Day, three o'clock in the afternoon. Now balls can be purchased at the local businesses or from one o'clock on the day. The balls then will be released from the top of Stable Hill. Now what they're going to do is use tennis balls. So all the balls will be released from the top of the hill and then it's you know, they're all numbered. It's also great but it's great fun to watch those events as well. The kids will absolutely adore it and there's going to be over 20 great prizes to be won and well done to all the local businesses who have trumped up the prizes for that ball run with proceeds going to Bally de Hop Community Tennis Club. Good luck with that on St. Stephen's Day. And a really lovely poignant email into uh, the programme that I want to bring to you. And I'm not going to call out any names on this, but it's somebody who's a regular contributor, wonderful regular contributor uh, to the programme to say, Hi Patricia, I'm late writing this to you. I was going to leave it, but I know that there will be people who will go through this Christmas period waiting for and knowing the spirit of the season is not all it seems to be. I've written to you before and I do remember happy Christmas days, but the spectre of alcohol took hold in our house. And while days could be good, there was always that anxiety that just a small trigger could spoil everything. The dream would turn into a nightmare. And even if it went okay, that tension was always there. All I ever wanted was a quiet and a peaceful Christmas. I have spent many, many years trying not to think back. But, you know, to appreciate what you have today, you must confront your past and appreciate how far you've come. With great help and with determination, I've achieved my quite Christmas wish and have enjoyed more than 25 years of them. It can happen. And for those going through hard times, please reach out and find your path. There are many twists and turns on that journey. So find yours and don't settle for less. Have a lovely Christmas, Patricia. Regards to John Paul and Bernie. And listen, many, many happy uh, returns. It's such an honest uh, email as well. And you're right, there will be people who will literally walk on eggshells for the entire Christmas period because of various addiction issues. And it's a it's a dark, dark place to be. But good to know you've survived, come out the other side. And great to know you've had 25 happy years and many many more of them. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council reminding you to support local when choosing gifts this Christmas. Now I mentioned Bingo is on in Mallow GA Complex tonight at 8. Well Bingo is also on in Kildallery in the Creamery store. They're starting at 8 with a jackpot of €3,100. Enjoy Woody at the OK Corral. It's the Fromoy Panto running at the Palace Theatre in Fromoy. It's over two weekends starting in January. It'll be on Friday the 5th of uh, January for the following two weekends. Tickets are available from GR8 events are from the Palace Theatre. And the eagerly 
eagerly awaited Ross Moore variety show is back in January of 2024. It's a huge fundraiser for Palliative Care, Cancer Connect, Kilmean Community Development Association and for Kilmean GAA. The show will run from Thursday, January the 11th and the Friday and the following Saturday and then the next week again, Thursday the 18th and Friday the 19th. Tickets available from gr8events.ie and scroll to Ross Moore Variety Show. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. Now, Mark Malone has joined us. Uh, good afternoon to you, Mark. Hi, Patricia. Now, we set you quite a task. We asked you to go through <laughs> the, I mean, it's actually it's hundreds of movies. Hundreds of movies. Now, I've realised, looking down through your list, mm. you've stuck to the TV rather than the streaming services. Yeah, we won't do that. We never do that. We just yeah. basically do the what we call the terrestrial kind of channels. Yeah, because that's fair because everyone has the opportunity then to, to see them. them. Exactly. Okay, and this is you going through so many and deciding what might be a good watch. They're not all Christmas movies. Some of them have the Christmas theme, mm-hmm. but just good movies yeah. that are uh, out and about. And not necessarily even good movies. I mean, some of them I don't particularly like very much, but I'm just point, kind of point out that these were the ones that kind of jumped out at me. I mean, okay. I met somebody yesterday and they said, what, well, you're not going to do Home Alone? And I went, no, you're not going to do Sing Street? And I went, well, I've spoken about these movies before, you know, I mean, because everybody would have a different choice. These are just the ones that I happen to spot the, that the, I cover. Yeah, the only thing I would say about Home Alone, I remember last year saying, oh, I must look out for Home Alone. It's gone on Disney and I didn't have Disney last year and they didn't show it anywhere else. Mm. So and you've got to so be careful Elf, on that. Elf is the same. There's yeah. no sign of Elf either uh, this yeah. year. I think they showed it a few weeks back. I which, uh, saw you know. Elf somewhere. Yeah, it was it on did. a few weeks back, but not Christmas week. Why wouldn't you show Elf on Christmas week? I know, I know. Very strange. Okay, now one movie I haven't seen this uh, yet, and this is on uh, tonight. This is The House of Gucci. Yeah, and do you remember the big thing about Christmas and Christmas movies were always the big, big premieres, though, you know, and people were really looking forward to seeing it. And there are very few of those uh, this year. I suppose this particular film is probably the newest of all of the uh, films that are featured across uh, the next couple of weeks or so, The House of Gucci, uh, which I like very, very much indeed. I mean, it's about Patricia Reggiani. Uh, who was um, who married into the Gucci family and then got involved in an awful kind of cycle of betrayal and decadence and ultimately murder. And it's an extraordinary story. And if you do know the story, um, it is an amazing story. And it's beautifully told. It's beautifully made. Uh, acted terrifically up to a point. I think Lady Gaga is absolutely terrific. I mean, she really knocks it out of the park. Adam Driver is very good. The problem for me was Jared Leto, and I've had problems with him before with his uh, whole method style, and he plays the character of Paolo Gucci, and he has decided to play him like this, like this piece of audio here. Okay, here we go. You have a gift, I'm telling you. Stop. Stop, you're going to make me... You're going to make me cry. Nobody has ever said that to me. Nobody. Paolo, why don't you have your own line? These are just mock-ups. I can't afford to get serious. With your gift and your talent and your vision, are you kidding? Gucci needs no blood. Yeah, very strange because her accent was brilliant. Her accent was very good. Yeah, I don't know. She worked really hard. Jared is really poor in the movie. I'm sorry. But the the movie is very good and I recommend it. Well worth the watch. That is tonight Mm -hmm. on BBC Two at 10.40. Now, uh, Mrs. Brown's Boys, there is a Christmas special that will be on. on I think there's a couple. There's normally a Christmas and a New Year's. Normally two. But what you're you're highlighting is the actual movie that was in the cinemas. Yeah, which was a huge, huge success. Um, And they talked for ages about a sequel, but it never very happened. 
It's on late tonight at uh, 10 minutes past uh, 12. Uh, you know what I think about the whole Mrs. Brown Boys thing. You're not uh, a fan. I'm not, no, but there's always one or two you know, occasions when I, I smile. I, in the movie, I did like the opening sequence. There's a big musical sequence using the script, uh, a script song, which I was going to play, but I couldn't find it online properly. I couldn't find a really, really good version uh, of it. The one thing that I do get frustrated at are the so-called bloopers, which are obviously not real bloopers. If they were real, then I would kind of enjoy it a little bit more. Uh, this is one of the bloopers from the movie where Agnes and Winnie go to the National Record Service and they come into contact with a snooty receptionist. How do you do? Hello? Two chips, one small card. <laughs> do you want salt and vinegar? Yeah. Salt and vinegar on one, please. See, I know. I see. They make, they make me laugh. I'm sorry. She just makes me laugh. Look, if you love Mrs. Brown's boys, you can watch. You love it, it. So, but yeah. it is on late tonight. But you can always you know, put a, a record on it. Now, uh, this has got to be a must, particularly for the few people who maybe have not seen it. Paddington. Well, the, re- the Paddington Two is on also over Christmas, but I've spoken about that uh, at length before and how much I adore and love the film. Uh, so this is the first one, and I don't want people to kind of forget about the first one because yeah. it's just as delightful. It's just as wonderful. It's, um, and the reason why I picked it out is I just want to tell you that, of course, uh, the voice initially was done by Colin Firth and only about two months before they released the film uh, Paul King the director and the producers went to Colin Firth and they said look we don't think it's working we don't think your voice is working and it's a measure of the man that Colin Firth went and said do you know something I I agree I don't think it's working so I will just step away he voluntarily stepped away he didn't try and sue them he didn't get angry he didn't you know he could have been nasty about it you know I've I've put a lot of of hard work in but he didn't he voluntarily just walked away because he agreed that his voice wasn't right for, for it and instead they went with Ben Wishaws, whose voice is absolutely terrific. I take, uh, this little piece, though, it, it also stars Julie Walters. We all love Julie Walters. And uh, here's a little snippet of her in the film because she's always wonderful. Batten down the hatches, young'un. There'll be a storm tonight. Radio said it was clearing up. Oh, radio, feel it in my knees. My knees never lie. Guess what, Mrs. Bird? We found a bear. Uh-huh. A real bear from Peru. Oh, that's nice, dear. You don't seem very surprised. Oh, I gave up being surprised when they came up with a microwave oven. And I still don't trust you. As she stared viciously at the <laughs> microwave. The microwave oven. <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh, and that's Paddington 1, which is on uh, BBC at uh, 6.45 tomorrow night, uh, Saturday. OK, a classic for us next. Uh, this is uh, White Christmas, of course. Of course, the song was first uh, filmed in a film called Holiday Inn with Bing Crosby. They decided then they would make a movie about, uh, you know, that would work uh, around the song. They had terrible problems with it. There was a lot of script changes. There was a lot of uh, cast changes. Fred Astaire was involved Donald O'Connor was involved and in the end they ended up with um, Bing Crosby Danny Kaye Rosemary Clooney who is George Clooney's aunt oh. and, uh, and Vera Ellen as well it was the biggest earning film of the year it earned 12 million which is now equivalent to 131 million wow. and Bing Crosby got 25% of the cut which is Smart really man. really funny story. there's a lovely man. piece in it where Rosemary Clooney and uh, Vera Ellen sing sisters later in the film Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye do their version and the reason why they did that is that off camera they were just messing around doing sisters and the, the producers and directors said that is funny do it so if you ever watch the film you'll see the girls do it first you'll then see the boys do it later and they did all their own dancing and, and yeah it's yeah. very very funny it's a very very yeah. scene so this is sisters this is Rosemary Clooney and uh, Vera Ellen sisters sisters there were never such devoted sisters never had to have a chaperone no sir I'm here to keep my eye on her Caring, sharing 
every little thing that we are wearing when a certain gentleman arrived from Rome she wore the dress and I stayed home Ah, uh, that's lovely. And that is Christmas Eve on uh, BBC One at one o'clock, which is a nice thing if you've got nothing to do in the afternoon. That uh, certainly is a watch. And then, of course, there'll be a generation of young people coming up who've never seen the movie before. So it's always nice to, to sit down and watch it. Now, I've got to say, one of my all-time favourite movies has got to be Miracle on 34th Street. You found this on Christmas Eve on Channel 4. Uh, yeah, the original version, 1954, oh, with uh, Ed Gwynn and Natalie Wood. Oh, goodness gracious me. So when they remade it in 1994, like a lot of remakes, it shouldn't have worked. But boy, did it work. And it, it worked for two reasons. Richard Attenborough as Chris Kringle. Is he? Is he not? And the beautiful and wonderful Mara Wilson um, as the little girl. It's absolutely terrific. It works. And, uh, and here's the two of them meeting for the first time. There we are. Now then, what's your name? Susan Elizabeth Walker. Mm-hmm. What's yours? Mine? <laughs> well, I have uh, lots of names. Uh, Chris Kringle, Santa Claus, Father Christmas, or Nicholas. If you were in Holland, I'd be Santa Claus. Or in Italy, La Bifana. I have to speak many languages because, of course, I travel, as you know, a great deal. Suresh, Gift, Vum, Christophon. That's Russian. I know how this all works. You're an employee of Kohl's. That is true. But you're a very good Santa Claus. Thank you. Your beard stuck on real tight. <laughs> Usually the store Santa Claus whiskers are too loose. Right. Yours look realistic. That's because they are real. You give them a tug. Woo! <laughs> are you convinced? <laughs> good. Oh, that's just so sweet. It's just such a beautiful movie. It's, it's a beautiful just a film, beautiful yeah. movie. So that is Miracle on 34th Street, Christmas Eve, one for all of the family at uh, 5.45. OK, we're moving to Christmas Day and you've uh, selected the Italian job. Yeah, the original from 1969, which was remade in 2003 with Mark Wahlberg, which was a terrible, terrible remake, I should point out. This is the original, the, the, you know, which is uh, the, the best of them. Michael Caine, of course, is in the film. And um, what he decides to do is... Uh, he decides to steal a gold shipment in Turin and the way he did it by with a lot of mini mini cars um, by creating a traffic jam the interesting thing about the film is that uh, when they went to the authorities the authorities wouldn't let them close the roads so that they could make the film so somebody came up with the interesting idea of going to the Italian mafia and said, can you help us out? And the mafia said, yeah, let's do it. So they just blocked all the roads. They went and filmed it. And on film, all those traffic jams you see, they're all real. And the reaction, incredible. And the reactions of the people are all real. So check that out. Uh, of course, the film has that famous line, which is coming up. And then we'll also hear a little snippet of uh, Self-Preservation Society. Go. You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. This is the self-preservation society. This is the self-preservation society. We are about to do a job in uh, Italy. It's a very difficult job, and the only way to get through it is we all work together as a team. And that means you do everything I say. God, Michael Caine is just uh, in- incredible. So that's uh, Christmas Day on Channel 4, 10 past three in the afternoon, the Italian uh, job. Now moving to St. Stephen's Day and you've picked Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, this is the live action version with uh, Emma Watson, uh, which I really liked. I mean, I tend to like the live action versions that Disney make. Not, a, not everybody does because people yeah. who love the animated film, of course. And uh, this is a little section of uh, Emma Watson singing Belle at the start of the movie. Bonjour. 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 
Just brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. If you've never seen it, that's definitely a watch. BBC One, one fifteen on St. Stephen's Day. Raiders of the Lost Ark. This is on St. Stephen's Day yeah, as well. I, yeah, I decided to pick it up because uh, of the recent film, the fifth version, which was very, very disappointing. Four was very disappointing. Two was very disappointing. Three was very good. So one and three are over Christmas. And I picked this out. And the reason why is that uh, because the story of Raiders of the Lost Ark is very interesting because they offered it to everybody. They didn't offer it to uh, Harrison Ford at first because he'd already been in Star Wars and they didn't want to use him. So they offered it to people like Nick Nolte. Chevy Chase was offered the film. And of course, they did offer it to Tom Selleck. And there's pictures online of him in the fedora with the whip and uh, and all the outfit. He was ready to do it. And the producers of Magnum P.I. said no No. and stepped in the way. And a lot of people have been nasty and horrible about it, I think. They've said, oh, thank goodness that didn't happen. I think Tom Selleck would have been been wonderful. And, and, you know, I think that... um, That's not taking from Harrison Ford. Not at all. would have been really good. And the rest was history. So here's a slight uh, little piece from the the soundtrack from uh, John Williams. Oh, that music just transports you straight away, doesn't it? Raiders of the Lost Ark is fantastic. Oh, John Williams, I mean, he, he can't be better to yeah. be camping. Yeah, okay. Or can he? Are you? I don't think so. And the reason why I say this why? is because St. Stephen's Day. Michelle. Yeah. I remember seeing this as a very, very young man. This is a film uh, that was made back in 1959. It was directed by George Morrison, and it tells the um, events in Ireland up to, during, and immediately after the 1916 Easter Rising. And I remember RTE showed this on Christmas Eve, and I was a very young man. I couldn't have been more than nine or ten when I was watching it. I was fascinated by it. But what fascinated me most about it was the soundtrack and the music. And I asked my father, and I said, this music is, is extraordinary. It's so cinematic and so wonderful. I didn't use the word cinematic at the age of nine or ten, I have to say. And he told me it was Sean Sean O'Reardon and this is Misha Era
glad you picked that piece. That's uh, it's that an really, extraordinary that, piece. That is uh, incredible, and that's on St Stephen's Day. TG Cahar at uh, nine. We've about two minutes uh, left. Do you want to go to the where you, 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 you pick what you want me to go to? I tell you what. Let's go to number twelve there. Let's go to New Year's Eve Channel Five at eleven fifteen, eleven fifty five in the this morning. This is going to bring me back. It's Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Now it's the kind of film that couldn't be made today. It's based on the abduction <laughs> of the Sabine women, women, and that's and I've cleaned that up a bit there. I mean Howard Keel. Uh, lives with his six brothers, of course. They have a farm in, in, in the middle of nowhere. He brings a wife home and then the boys decide that they too want wives. So what do they do? They go and kidnap uh, the women, which of course wouldn't be acceptable nowadays. But it's uh, one of the most... Gr- I love the film. Howard Keel is so brilliant and uh, you know, the dancing and the performances are really extraordinary. And there's one incredible piece and it's uh, it's a piece of music where the six boys are out in the snow and they're, they're chopping wood and the song is called Lonesome Polecat and if you watch it and I hope you do sometime keep in mind that it's all done in one take four minutes it's all done in one take it is extraordinary and it's a beautiful song as well I'm a lonesome poor cat lonesome sad and blue cause I ain't got no Feminine polecat Vowing to be true And they would bring you back. That would transports me back to my childhood and watching those kind of movies on a Sunday afternoon at home. They're, they're really wonderful. So that's New Year's Eve um, on Channel 5 at 11.55, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Listen, thank you as always, uh, Mark. You have to put a great list of movies uh, together for us. And thank you indeed for all your contributions throughout the year. Have a great Christmas. You too. And we will talk again. Mark also wanted to include absolutely fabulous love that. That's on BBC Three on the 30th of December at uh, nine o'clock. The Woman in Black is on on Wednesday the 27th. That's on BBC Two. And Gladiator on ITV on uh, New Year's Day. 0818103103. And lines are open. And before we head into our last song of uh, the programme, hi to Eileen, to Marion, uh, to Michael Fahey and the family in Skibbereen, to another Michael, to John Finbar, all sending in requests, wishing us all the best for Christmas. Uh, hope you all have a good one as well. And a lovely message in to say, Patricia, will you mention all the family carers who will be working harder all over Christmas to ensure their loved ones have the best time possible. Also to Peter and, Va- and Valerie, uh, to Family Carers Cork, wishing you and your family a happy Christmas. And that's from Michael in Douglas. Thank you for that, Michael. So as we come to the close of our final programme of the year, can I just express my gratitude to each and every one of you who have been a part of this programme throughout the year. All of our weekly contributors, Annalise, Joe, Peter, Jane uh, and Mark, because we couldn't do it without you. Thank you for all your calls, the messages and the shared moments that have really made this a special year. And to our dedicated listeners, thank you for your unwavering loyalty. Your continued support is the reason that we do what we do and we're genuinely grateful for the time that you spend with us each and every day. As we approach the festive season. I extend warm wishes for a joyous Christmas filled with love, laughter and cherished memories with your loved ones. And for those of you who will struggle this Christmas for whatever reason, we'll be thinking of you and my Christmas candle will burn bright for each and every one of you. May the coming new year bring you renewed hope, prosperity and countless opportunities for all. Now, on behalf of the entire team, thank you for being a part of our radio family. We look forward to reconnecting with you in the new year 
year. We'll be eager to share more stories, more music and more laughter. And until then, can I just wish you a happy, a wonderful Christmas and a happy and a prosperous new year. And my message to each and every one of you is to stay safe. Stay festive, take care of yourself and take care of each other. My thanks to Bernie Murphy for producing today and for all of her contributions through the year. And of course, John Paul, who's on his break at the moment. And we'll be back on the 2nd of uh, January. Until then, I'm Patricia Messenger. Good afternoon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.